Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus. This is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, this past Sunday, last Sunday of 2022, you talked to us about intersections. Yeah, it was, you know, it's Christmas Day, but it's also, as you said, the last Sunday of the year. And I decided to kind of focus on that concept. And we went to Luke chapter 7. And there were three intersections that take place. You know, when we think about intersections, we our first thought is two roads that come together. So one person's going in one direction, somebody else is going the other direction, and they come to that central point. We call it intersections. But we use that phrase and a concept to talk about when lives intersect. People cross each other. People uh, mingle with each other. And in Luke chapter 7, we have the flow of three intersections with Jesus. It begins first in verses 11 to 17 when Jesus and his disciples are entering the city or the town of Nain, and a widow with a large group of people are heading out of town. She's going to bury her only son. And so you got these two crowds that meet each other. And, of course, Jesus raises that young man from the grave, from his death. And what we see here is joy and sorrow intersecting. Right after this, starting in verse 18, John the Baptist, who's in prison at this time, sends word to Jesus' disciples wanting to know if Jesus is the one. Is he the Messiah? Now, earlier John had made that uh, proclamation, but now in a a jail and in a dungeon, dark, by himself, he probably has some doubts. And so what we see there is the intersection of faith and doubt. And Jesus tells his disciples, go tell John what you've seen, what you've heard. That's the answer. And then Luke 7 ends with a one other intersection. It takes place at the home of Simon. He invited Jesus to his home. And while Jesus is there, a woman called a sinful woman comes and she cries upon Jesus' feet. She kisses Jesus' feet. She, she anoints his feet. And that just makes Simon all upset. He he declares if Jesus knew what kind of woman this is, he wouldn't be doing these things. Simon becomes very judgmental. He offers Jesus no hospitality, no kiss, no water, none of those things. And what we find there is the intersection between humility and pride. Jesus takes the opportunity there to kind of correct Simon about his attitudes. But flowing through all three of these stories is Jesus. He's in all three of these intersections, and there's great lessons there that we kind of learn. And if you haven't had the chance, these things are on our podcast or uh, our website, and you can listen to them there as we go back and look at some of these things together. I really appreciated you highlighting that I had never thought about all three of these stories just back to back to back. And you drew a couple of just practical lessons out of that walk through Luke chapter 7. These intersections, they teach us about life. They teach us about people. They teach us about Jesus. And you drew that lesson to a close by emphasizing no one who meets Jesus ever remains the same. That's a, a powerful note on which to end but I, as I was listening to that, you know, I, 
it's interesting for me. I uh, do the the bulk of the gathering of announcements for our bulletin every Sunday, and so I work on that back page. I'm uh, blessed to be able to serve by uh, blasting out a lot of announcements, reminders, updates on people's conditions throughout the week for our church family, and so. It's not unusual for me to have a kind of front row seat to this sometimes complicated intersection, right? I mean, you can have on one line of the bulletin each Sunday morning some really, really tough news. Uh, Some family that is going through a really deep valley. And on the next line, some really wonderful news, right? A family is rejoicing. And then the next line, some distressing news. And the next line, some, some hopeful news. Intersections physically, when you're driving, can be complicated, right? And life is complicated. You reminded us on Sunday that life is a journey. It's it's not all one way or another. We're we're all at different points in these intersections. As you were walking through that, and I was thinking about this this word picture of a, an intersection, it reminded me of being in elementary school. I remember growing up on the east side of Nashville, Tennessee, went to Rosebank Elementary, and I can remember being led out of the classroom pretty early on in the year and led to the little intersection in front of our elementary school, and there were three words that were just drilled into our heads. I don't remember if it was first or second grade, whatever it was, but I remember to this day those three words, stop, look, listen. That's what they wanted, at least little kids back then. I'm assuming even today, kids to remember. When you come to an intersection, stop, look, and listen. Don't just blindly walk out into the road. Stop and be aware of what's going on. Look around. Listen to uh, see if you hear anything approaching. And as I thought about those three basic words, Roger, I thought maybe we could just walk back through these three intersections you highlighted from Luke 7 and ask ourselves, okay, first of all, as I'm coming to the intersection of joy and sorrow, or I'm trying to help someone get through that intersection, in what ways do I, as a disciple of Jesus, need to stop, look, and listen? You know, just before we jump into that, just another illustration. Uh, I have been to England, and uh, they drive on the left side of the road rather than the right side. We, we would say the wrong side. Right. But, but <clears throat> when you when you come to intersections, they have printed in the street very large letters, look to your right. Okay, we Americans wouldn't do that. Right. And, and that, that reminds us to do that. So, so the intersection of joy and sorrow, to stop, to look, and to listen. Uh, one of the things that reminds us is when we think about the joy aspect is how God has blessed us. And that should make us thankful. And it should make us realize that, you know, there, there are periods in my life that are not joyful, but there will be that. And, and as we brought out in our lesson, seasons change. We, we've just gone through a tough week here of just bitter, bitter cold. Most of the nation went through that. I mean, I've got a son who lives in Texas, and they were very cold down there. It's been <laughs> very cold in Florida. And so, you know, but, but things change. 
And I had somebody tell me as they were leaving Sunday morning, the great phrase, it, it came to pass. It doesn't <laughs> come to stay. It comes to pass. And so so when we think about that, we're trying to help others rejoice with those who rejoice. Don't, don't feel jealous. They got something I didn't get or looks like life blessed them and it didn't bless me. Rejoice with them. But on the other side, when sorrow comes, remember to turn to the Lord and remember that God is still with us. And Psalms 23, as we walk through those valleys, uh, shadow of death, uh, he is with us. His rod, his staff, they comfort us. He doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't say, I'll meet you on the other side. He's there guiding us through those things. And that helps us as we think about those intersections. The, the idea of being there for somebody. Think about some scriptures you can share with somebody who's going through some hardships and to remind them, of how God loves us all the time he does. Yeah. I, I think especially, I mean, if we, uh, I appreciate you highlighting some of the things that we as individuals need to be mindful of. I think of those opportunities when we have the uh, the open door to try and help someone, especially in that intersection of sorrow. Uh, we need to stop and think about what we say right? Uh, We don't have to offer our best guess as to an explanation as to why things have happened in somebody's life, right? We know that uh, there are multiple occasions in Scripture where we learn from examples. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is hypothesize with someone who's grieving as to why something tragic or heartbreaking has happened, right? Sometimes the most godly thing we can do is just stop and be there. See their circumstances. I appreciate you highlighting Romans 12, verse 15, that calls us to rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. You don't have to say a word in order to weep with someone, right? You don't have to say a word in order to be a good listener, to follow the wisdom of James, to be quick to hear, slow to speak. We need to take care, especially when we are with someone else who is right there in the intersection of great sorrow. You know, we, we think about Job's friends, and as that book of Job begins, we, we walk with Job through all that suffering. I mean, financial suffering, emotional suffering. He lost his family. He lost his, his income. He lost his health. And his three friends show up, and they sit for a week, and they don't say a word. Great friends to that point. <laughs> and then once Job starts saying things from his perspective, they have to respond. And they start blaming Job. And they start thinking that they know why everything happened. And they were very wrong. In fact, as the book ends, God tells Job to make sacrifice for his friends because they were wrong. They were wrong about God. They were wrong about Job. They were wrong about the cause of things. But that one week, one week when they just sat there and they didn't say a word. So you go to the funeral home and you just hold someone's hands. And if you have to say anything, just say, I'm sorry. Or I love you. And that's all you have to say. And you don't have to ask a thousand questions. You don't have to get into the deep. That's not, no. Usually that ruins things. And what you need to do is just let your presence be there and just let the person know that you there and you care. All right. So what about stop, look, and listen at the intersection of faith and doubt? 
Well, you know, the the faith side, you know, the positive side of that, that's easy. When, when when we are reading our scriptures and we see application, we learn about Jesus, that just makes our faith grow and it helps us become what we should be. But in life, and sometimes even reading verses, there are some there's some things that's just hard to understand. It's hard to figure out and, and questions arise. Why do these things happen? Um, you know, wh- why is a young person losing their life? Why do the righteous suffer and the wicked seem to prosper? Those are, those are the heavy, heavy questions in life. And when doubts arise, that's when we need to go to scriptures. That's when we need to understand that the secret things belong to God. God doesn't owe us an explanation for everything that happens. He doesn't tell us ahead of time, hey, this is going to happen. What do you think about that? But we trust God. We know his promises are true. We know his loving kindness never ends, and his faithfulness is sure. And so when, we, when we're with people and they're in a season of doubt, they may have multiple questions that they want to throw at you. Uh, take them to the Bible and say, let's just see, let's see what that, how that's answered in the Bible. You're not the first person to ask this question. So let's see what God would have us to say. And that intersection oftentimes helps us to help other people. I think that's great for parents, for instance, to remember, or Bible class teachers, people who care about uh, the generation behind you. They're going to ask questions at times. And the absolute worst thing I would suggest that a, a parent can do when an honest question is asked by, a, let, let's say, a teenager who's heard something at school or seen something on YouTube that has really kind of uh, unsettled them and, and brought up questions in their minds. Worst thing you can do is say, well, we don't ask questions like that, or you, you shouldn't even worry about that, right? We, we are finding ourselves in that moment at an important intersection, and maybe the best thing I can do even though there might be, you know, all sorts of alarm bells going off in my head, just to stop, look, listen, reinforce is good to ask questions, right? That's that's how we grow. And I, I love your encouragement to let's open the Bible together and work on an answer together. If we can't find it together, we're going to find a, an experienced brother or sister in Christ who can help us think critically through that question together. And, and so, you know, the, as you said uh, before, you know, j- just saying because, yeah. that, that, that's not an answer. And, and, and there's a lot of serious questions out there. I, I want to share something really personal here. Um, my sweet little granddaughter, eight years old, she loves gymnastics. And her gymnastic teacher was killed in a car wreck this week. Oh, my. And she's in her 20s. She was expecting her first child. And so last night, tears coming down, her face, my face. She said, why? Mm-hmm. Why? And it's, it's those times as a parent, as, as a grandparent, you must reach out and you must say, here's, here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. We don't have all the answers. Yeah. And, and and to and to use moments like that as teaching tools, faith building opportunities, and faith and doubt will intersect oftentimes. 
how we handle that ourselves, how we handle that with others can make all of the difference. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. That is the stuff of life here under the sun, no doubt about it, and speaks to how important it is that we be mindful of these challenges and opportunities. You highlighted one more for us in the sermon, the, the intersection of humility and pride. What when we come to that intersection, in what ways do we need to stop, look, and listen? Well, you know, the the, the story from Luke seven is the sinful woman anointing Jesus and Simon. And Simon was extremely judgmental and he was not doing anything to honor Jesus. And and so it's real easy for us to always point the radar gun at someone else, someone who's not going to church like they should, or someone who's talking like they should. Or some, you know, we, we always find somebody out there and we point that gun at them. Look how wrong they are. Look how bad they are. And rather than just, am I honoring God the way God wants me to? And am I doing what God wants me to do? Focus more on myself than on other people. And so that stop, look, and listen would bring us to mind of that. Had Simon been using that concept, he would have seen this woman is in his house. And she was crying, and she was drying the feet of Jesus with her hair. Maybe he should have gone and got a towel. You know, maybe he should have got a bowl of water and said, yeah. here, why don't you use this? Maybe he should have dropped to his knees as she washed one feet, he washed the other foot. You see, Simon didn't do any of those things. And what he did is he stood stood back and just said, look at that woman and look how bad she is, rather than understanding that she was doing what's right and he wasn't. Yeah. Makes me think of the wisdom of Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. We've all seen people who aren't aware of what's going on, distracted, overconfident as they just plow through a literal physical intersection, right? And great damage can can be done. I love how you took us back, looked at three different scenes in one chapter, Luke chapter 7, and made us think of those as intersections. I uh, I would add one more yeah, here. You yeah, know, you, please. You have your stop, look, and listen. And uh, now this is more so when you had little, little kids, but you'd always add a fourth one, and that's hold your hand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hold someone's hand. And as we go through these things, especially sorrow, doubt, and pride, we need to be holding the hand of Jesus. That makes all the difference. And that gets us right back to where we need to be because sometimes when we're on our own, we we think we're on our own and we forget the Lord's with us. Well said. No one who meets Jesus ever remains the same. If you haven't watched or listened to that sermon from this past Sunday morning, it's freely available at charlestownroad.org, freely available in our sermon podcast feed. It would be a great thing to think about here in the last couple of days of 2022. Roger, we have one more opportunity to gather together as a church family this year, this evening, 7 o'clock p.m. You're going to be teaching in the auditorium. Yeah, we're going to wrap up our series on the profiles of serving, and we're going to be talking about how we honor the Lord through what we do. And so it's 
brings it brings it into this class into this quarter but it's been a great series as we talked about the concept of discipleship is someone who is out doing things for the lord in our building blocks track of studies we're going to be wrapping up a little four-part series where we've been exploring God's vitamins for growth. We've rooted that in 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at those supplements. We've got two more this evening, brotherly affection and love. There's a reason that those come at the end or the pinnacle of what we need to add to our faith in order to be everything that God would have us to be. We'd love to have you join us this evening, 7 o'clock p.m., Roger, we always look forward to the first Sunday of a brand new year in 2023. It happens to be January 1st. Absolutely. And so we're going to be launching our new theme. Every year we pick a theme, and that kind of is the backbone of what we do in this church, all of our classes, all the activities we do from VBS to our summer series to various things we do, all are built upon that major theme we pick. So kicking off this year, we're going to start with that theme. I'll be preaching about that. We'll have a booklet for everybody to kind of see what we're, where we're going this year, all the dates, all the activities, so we can get everything kind of lined up for a new year and walking with the Lord. That is 9.30 a.m. this Sunday morning. Of course, shortly after that assembly, we will have brand new Bible classes for all ages. You haven't missed a thing. It is a great opportunity to get the new year started on the best foot possible. Lord willing, at 5 o'clock p.m., I'm going to look at Psalm 104, and I'm going to talk especially from the standpoint of a fresh beginning about finding ourselves in Psalm 104. I believe it will continue to help us set the tone to live lives glorifying to God in this brand new year. Roger, I appreciate you joining me today, even appreciate you sharing very personally uh, some important reminders for all of us here in the middle of this week. We appreciate you all listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. We're already looking forward to Sunday, first day of the new year, the best day of the week. We would love to have you come and grow with us.